0: Thanks so much, both of you, for being here. You know, first of all, why is it so important for media to be part of the pool of witnesses for executions, Scott?
1: Well, I think it's really important to have an impartial witness to see if there is, if there are problems, if there are um, um, issues with the, the. The this is the most important solemn act that a government can take uh, is taking somebody else's life, and um, you know there have been um, botched. Uh, executions in the past. And I think it's important for an objective, impartial third party witness to to see what's happening and make sure that everything is above board and, and done correctly.
0: And Roland, I think most people know that the state called off the execution after an hour, but but what exactly happened on Wednesday morning?
2: Well, as we watched, they went through eight different IV attempts, um, and each one failed. And, um, You know, I I think Creech was calm throughout the entire process. Um, There was no outbursts, um, really not much from him. And they kept trying, kept explaining to him, it didn't work. We're going to try again. They tried one arm, then the other arm, two places on each arm, two places on each leg. And they couldn't find a vein that was suitable. It doesn't mean necessarily they couldn't get into the vein. I think you, you know, to put the chemicals in, it has to be a proper, you know, setting. And they may have gotten into a vein. I don't know if they did or not, but they said it wasn't um, acceptable enough. And so eight tries, eight fails. And um, those are the, I think, the common places to try an IV. And they said, well, that's it. You
0: had 1058, I think you said they called it. Close to that, yes. Scott, from your perspective, how transparent was this process?
1: I think in general it was transparent. Um, we, we, we saw everything that was going on. The, the head of the medical team inside the execution chamber was announcing every step of the way. We are gonna apply an alcohol swab now. We are gonna apply a numbing agent. Um, we are now going to see if we can uh, find a vein to establish an IV. The one um, issue that I have with the transparency is the, the quote unquote medical team itself. Um, I don't think there's a lot of information about who they are, their level of training. Um, you know, when you say medical team, I think you think of a doctor. Well, apparently these are not doctors. Um, we don't know exactly what um, what qualifications they have. Um, there's very little information uh, about that. So while the process overall um, was transparent, um, I think that that is the one one area. And of course, we've got a situation where you had eight, uh, attempts to find an, uh, a vein for an IV that were all unsuccessful, and so I think it's fair to question the the level of uh, qualifications of, of those who are performing the, the the IV setting.
0: And the Department of Correction does have an SOP where they outline who is qualified to be on the medical team. We know that they, you know, it's not just a random person off the street. They do need to have medical training. Um, but but there's also another key part that that has been an issue for years in Idaho. And that's been where they get the chemicals in the first place. You know, in 2022, we know that the legislature passed a, a law to make that information exempt from public records requests after losing a lawsuit about uh, where you know, similar execution attempts in the past and similar attempts to get uh, lethal injection chemicals. Uh, we don't know and we won't know where the state procured these chemicals.
1: Right, um, and I think that that, that is, is a good point. And um, again, the state had trouble procuring these chemicals until they uh, passed that law that, that made the identity of the seller of those drugs uh, exempt from public records law. And then miraculously, they were able to secure those drugs. And so again, we never got to that point yesterday um, on Wednesday with, with Mr. Creech. Um, so we don't know what the outcome would have been um but that is the concern that if the the chemicals are they expired or what what reaction the uh, Mr. Creech might have to those chemicals um, without knowing what those chemicals are, uh, we're just left in the dark on that point.
0: Executions are kind of this this, perfect nexus of justice, of public policy, of media and government transparency and religion and ethics and culture. And you touched a little bit on the press in the press conference after um, they called it off that it was pretty surreal actually seeing this happen in the execution chamber. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to actually witness this attempt?
2: Well, this is the first time I'd um, been in the witness chamber. I've covered three total executions in my career, but first time in there. And, you know, walking through a prison to begin with is a weird experience. Then going into the death chamber witness room, um, it's sparse, um, but once you see the people come in, You see people in masks fully, you know, obscured. That's a very bizarre thing to see. Three people working on someone covered basically from head to toe so you can't identify them. Um, And just knowing the gravity of the situation that someone's going to die, you know, run into that very often. That's certainly the case for most people in the world. So it's very bizarre. Um, they are very precise with what they're doing. The staff that's there, it's almost ceremonial. They, uh, once they brought Creech onto the table, they had, I think, eight or nine big officers lift him up off the gurney and then out onto the table. Um, and then they lifted up a big white sheet, like they were setting you know a bedspread um, all of that sort of almost ceremonial it 's just a very surreal experience to know that you 're there to witness this person die and to see all the elements that go along with it it's it 's really strange
0: and then for this specific instance, the added layer of it not happening of them calling sure. it off sure i I noticed that both in Governor Little's comments after, in his press release after, and Director T. Walt's comments in the press conference that, that there was a defense of the medical team, that you know, they made the right call, that this is an experienced medical team that that did what they should have done. That contrasted with Attorney General Raul Labrador's statement. There was a sense of frustration in that statement that justice had been delayed once again. Um, I, I, I thought that was notable, Scott.
1: Yeah, and it was palpable, I think, in the media witness room, at least, that you know you had the first attempt and it wasn't successful, and then you had another attempt and it wasn't successful. And again, um, every time they were trying to, to find a vein and, and set an IV, you were thinking, okay, this is the one uh, that they're gonna do it and we're um, finally gonna have um, lethal injection here. Um, but then after the fourth or the fifth try, you're, there's kind of a sense of, frustration um, that, you know, what is happening? Why is, this, why is this not happening? What is the problem here? Um, and so I, we are not privy to the, the other witness room. We were just in the media witness room, but I could imagine that the feelings were the same um, in the other room. And for Creech and um, his family and friends, there must have been a tremendous sense of relief each time they said we were unsuccessful.
0: There were a lot of questions too about what now. We already know that Thomas Creech's death warrant expired at 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday, but he's still on death row and there are still seven other people on death row who are watching this play out. Uh, Scott, any indication of what might happen next?
1: No, and in fact, uh, uh, Idaho Department of Correction Director Josh T. Walt was asked that very question at the press conference and said, uh, we really don't know, we're looking at our options, we're we're trying to figure out what to do next. Um, The only options really are, according to state law, is lethal injection or firing squad. Uh, Firing squad is not available to the state right now because they still need to build the facility. Um, And so that just leaves lethal injection. And so the question I think is, would they try that again? Knowing that after eight attempts they were not able to find a vein, would they go through that all over again in an attempt to to do lethal injection again?
0: There's always the possibility too, Roland, that the legislature that's watching this, that has already made multiple changes to statute to make it easier to carry out executions between the firing squad and the shield law on chemical providers for lethal injections. There's the possibility that they're watching this and might make more statute changes.
2: I don't know what statute is going to change the fact that you can't find a vein.
0: But there's also nitrous hypoxia using...
2: Yeah, I understand that. And when we talk about, you know, firing squad, there's not just building the facility, there's the protocol that goes along with it. There's the possible lawsuits that other sources of execution have gone through and have been tested through, you know, trial by fire. No pun intended, it, you know, to get to that point where we can actually, you know, execute someone by firing squad, to me seems like it would be very extensive, no matter what the legislature does. Um, To me again, Um, What the legislature has done to this point is something that the, the public should question. When you do any of this in secret, any of it in secret, in the name of the people of Idaho, it raises a lot of questions and concerns. That's why we're there, to keep an eye on the process, but when they say, well, you can't know where this came from, you can't know the procedures, it raises questions in people's minds that maybe things are being hidden, and that's not a good thing.
0: Roland Barris, Scott McIntosh, thank you so much for joining
1: us. Thank you.
2: Support for Idaho Public Television comes from the School of Public Service at Boise State University, providing objective and impactful research for Idaho and beyond and academic programs with hands-on learning that equip students to be effective public service leaders. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.